Hello, queen, and welcome to the CEO Mindset Method. I am your host, Erin Titanser. This is where you get to take your CEO status to a whole new level. We are all about taking ownership of who you are now, how you got here, and why you want what you want. We heal, guide, visualize more than what you think is possible for you, and I teach you how to make it happen. We make the present to future journey fun, sexy, attractive, exciting, so that creating five-figure months is a no-brainer. It's possible. We do it, and we want you in our tribe. I'm so freaking happy you are here. Now let's get started. Hi friends and welcome back to another episode of the CEO Mindset Method. I am your host, Erin Titanser, and I am here with a lovely Danielle. And we are continuing this series of podcast episodes with amazing, amazing women who I feel have owned their leadership roles in their own specific aligned power. And she's one of the women that I was thinking of uh, reaching out to when I was putting this series of podcast episodes together. So I want to say welcome, Danielle. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. This is exciting. My eyes watering. <laughs> so I'm not crying. You haven't touched me yet. But like, this is such a beautiful day. Oh my gosh, day. what an honor. <laughs> what an honor. This is Danielle's first podcast episode. So this is going to be really fun. She's wanted to do this, she told me, and the time is now to just start being on it and start seeing her light. So I'm excited that you're here. It's going to be awesome. I know. It's so fun. Yeah. Um, Okay. So Danielle and I met through a mutual friend, Paige. Yes. We love Paige. If you don't know Paige, this is a shout out to Paige. Go follow Paige at the Paige Collective. She is an amazing human being. Amazing. Um, but we met Paige started Paige put together this, um, like women entrepreneurs luncheons. And so a bunch of us have been getting together every once in a while to just catch up and just see where everyone's at and celebrate successes and birthdays and all that stuff. So we met there. Yeah. Um, do you want to, will you do a quick intro? Let's go through, like, I want people to know who you are, what you do, um, family life where you live. Yeah. So I live in Keller, Texas. I grew up in South Lake, a town over and always wanted to get out of here. And then life just kind of brought me back and So I live in my husband's, we flipped my husband's childhood home. I met Josh when I was 19. We got married in 2012. So we'll be married 10 years this July. And we have custody of his brother who's 17. And then we have five kids. So six all together. And our kids are eight, six, five, four, and almost two. I know that. I know that everyone's listening. Yeah, I was like. What? Is that your phone number or that's your organization? <laughs> I know. I always get introduced. I'm a realtor, but I always get introduced anywhere I go. Oh, this is Danielle. She has six kids. I'm like, like it's my last name, you know? Well, and I know that people listening are like, what? Because I remember when you said that when we were at the luncheon in Grapevine and I was like, oh my God gosh. And I just like, it, it lit something up in me because I was like, she's killing it. And we'll get more into, you know, how you've been able to create this life. But like, I know that people are just like, oh my gosh, how? So for, I guess the first question before you continue your intro is, did you always want a big family? Always. Okay. My earliest memory is just being obsessed with I always loved baby dolls I always they were like humans to me like Mm. I at my grandma's house she would save shoe boxes all throughout the year because I would just bring all these babies and line them up around my bed like forever and so I 
it was always hard for me to figure out like what I wanted to be when I got older. I grew up in a very affluent area and everybody went to college and it was just like, where are you going and what are you going to do? And I was just like, and I come from like, my mom was a working woman. My grandma was a working woman in the sixties, which was, you know, kind of taboo. And so when I would tell them, I just, I kind of just want to be a mom, baby. Like, you know, that's not really what you want. Or some people don't want to hear from their teenager. It's like, I just want to have a baby. But I I always wanted uh, a lot of kids. I remember going to CeCe's pizza every Friday night. My dad would take us to CeCe's. That was like his night to get my mom off because she worked all week. She was done. So we would get pizza and then we'd go to Blockbuster and I would rent either home alone and only for the beginning or the old school, old school, like cheaper by the dozen and yours, mine and ours. And I would just, I loved it. I would really just always wanted a big family. And that was like something I had a long-term relationship in high school and we got into college. And I remember him saying like, I'll never have a lot of kids. And that relationship was so unhealthy for so long Mm -hmm. and I never could cut it off. But him saying that was like closure. Yeah, it was a non-negotiable for you. Yeah. And then like when one of Josh and I's first dates, he asked me like, how many kids do you want? I'm like, get ready for this one. You know, I was like five or six. He's like, oh, me too. And then of course I was just like, I love you. Oh my gosh. I mean, if that's a non-negotiable, I guess if you throw that out there at your first date, you know, if it's a yes or no with that person. Yeah. Like I was just like, I, I dated someone all high school, half of college. So I was like, and I'm a very independent person. So I was ready to just be, you know, not tied down to anybody. And he just begged and begged for a date. And I always thought it was super hot. So I was just like, this is just going to be fun, you know? And he's asking all these serious questions and all of them were like the same. And I'm like, oh, I guess I like have to have you. (laughs) (laughs) But it's funny because I I always, it's the one thing I've always known. I'm kind of like this free spirit. Um, But I always knew I wanted a lot of kids. It's a lot harder than I ever thought it would be. Yeah. But it's worth it. Okay. I'm going to get more into that later. Cause I have so many questions about that, but if you'll tell everyone what you do and how you got started in your business. Yeah. So I'm in real estate and I got started, um, really randomly. I didn't always want to be a realtor. Um, I never thought about it. I just, it was always weird because growing up, I always knew I wanted a lot of kids, but I always wanted to work too. So like my mom has papers where it's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I'm like a mom with a briefcase. Cause in the nineties, my dad always had a briefcase like, and I had never, I'm sure there are a lot of very successful career women who also have a big family with like conservative, you know, and make sure they're present for certain things. But I had never seen anybody do it. So I always felt like I kind of had to choose. So in college, I was just like, all right, I told Josh, I'll get married young, but I'm not having kids young because I need this career. I want to travel. So right out of college, I started working corporate. I was in HR and then I found out I was pregnant. And then as soon as I held Gideon, my oldest, like everything changed for me. I was like, I, I can't go back. I'll give up anything, you know, financially to just stay with this baby. So it wasn't really on my radar because when I got licensed, I had just had my fourth and gotten custody of Jesse officially. So I went from like zero to five babies in like three or four years. And on my 28th birthday, my, my fourth at the time was like six months old. And we had just flipped this house and my cousins were, came up, they live like down in South Texas and they were asking me about it. And they're like, you really should get into real estate. Like the way you talk about this and you're so knowledgeable and your personality, you'd be good at it. And I never was good at anything. I'd never had someone really say to me, like, you would be good at this. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. I don't know what it was, but it was like, I just believed it. I was like, I should. And I thought I would go home and tell Josh with all these little kids, like, Hey, I'm, I think I'm going to get my license and him be like, here's another postpartum crazy idea. Like calm down. Mm-hmm. Let's sit down for a second. Yeah. And he was just like, so excited and on board. So 
I got licensed in the middle of all the babies, but somehow it worked out. And I've seen like, you know, people say all the time, I'm thinking about getting my license. Can you give me advice? I love houses. And that's probably like maybe 10% of my job. It's, it's such a heavy, like people industry that I think that's why I really like it because I'm a people person, you know? Yeah. So it's real estate. You were good at it before they told you that? No. Okay. I I didn't know what I didn't know. You know what I mean? Like I didn't know that it was mostly relationships Mm -hmm. and knowing how to market yourself and network and uh, deal with clients who have a lot of emotion on the line. And so they're very emotional. I had, I mean, I feel like maybe I should have known that, but I didn't really put the thought into it. And so I, it was just such a really God thing that they told me that. And I just was like, this is what I'm doing and just went for it, you know? And I also knew they just opened that door. And then all of a sudden you're like, I can see everything now. Like I am. Yeah. 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 So, and it's a business I knew I could start kind of on my own terms. Like, I don't know exactly how this looks. I knew I, I didn't want to be a hobby realtor because like, I would never call, I would never call the mom of five kids to be my realtor. Like I knew if I was going to do it, I had to study it and, and prove that like, this is my career. You can trust me. I'm educated. This isn't like side money for me because it's such a huge transaction for you, you know? Um, and it was one of those things where I don't know how much thought I put into it. Like looking back, I had no idea where it would go or what it would look like. I just knew like, okay, I feel so strongly like God's telling me this. And I've uh, pushed his timeline so many times before and just like said no to whatever I felt like he's saying, like, I can't do it this time. I'm just going to trust that it is going to work out and just take the next step and worry about the childcare and the showings and all that as it comes instead of kind of spiral about the what ifs when they may not even be an issue. Yeah. So how do you, you've brought up God a few times. So I feel like I want to lean into that a little more with you. What, how do you know for you, what does it feel like to, for it to be a yes, like God is saying, you need to do this. And then him telling you, no, like, how do you know for yourself? I think it's just, um, trying to listen to it in usually anything that feels uh, abnormal to what I would choose to do. And what I would think I'm like, okay, that's some, something else pushing me. It's just this like feeling I've always been pretty in tune with my emotions and myself. And I feel like I can really sit in silence, like internally, so I can hear, I'm not trying to push a certain way, you know, or when I am, and I feel like something saying, don't do it, don't do it. And it kind of pisses me off. I know that's not me, you know, it's, it's something bigger than me. So it's definitely like I had to mature in that way because I would try to play God myself. And just, if he gave me a sign, I'd be like, all right, well, if you give me two signs, then, <laughs> and just totally. try, and just, you know, so I, it's hard because I've tried to not believe in God a couple of times growing up, which is like very taboo in the church. Mm-hmm. But I just thought, I don't know, this kind of feels like people are just trying to make themselves feel better for stuff that goes wrong. Or I've, you know, questioned it. And it's like, I have no choice, but to believe in it. Cause he just proves himself over and over you know? So you said, I know that this question will come up when people listen to this is you, you sit and listen. How do you sit and listen when you have six kids and like you're thriving in your business? What does that look like to you? I think for me, it changes and I have to make the time for it or I get way too overwhelmed and I don't enjoy anything. My kids are just inconvenient. My job really isn't that great. It's just stressful. It's like, I can tell really when I need it and I'm putting it off because 
I, it, it's, it sounds, maybe it is like a form of depression, you know, where like, mm-hmm. I need that light, but I like to, I'm not a night owl. I'm more of a morning person, but mornings are just harder for me right now in this season. So sometimes I'll just stay up late and like, it's almost like a form of meditation. You know, Josh is really, really likes meditating. And instead of just meditating and, you know, there's all different forms. I just kind of like pray or try to listen. And I feel like I don't really have to do anything if I'm just like, all right, I'm not going to think about anything else because none of that's going to go away. I can take 30 minutes to not worry about my to-do list or the kids. Like they'll be fine, you know? Yeah. So is that like a daily practice or it's, you notice it when you need it and then you take the time? I, I don't have the same, I don't have the same routine. I'm pretty bad about routines right now. I'm not a type A person, but, and then you add all these kids in a career that, you know, I think the perception of real estate is like, you get to pick your schedule when in reality you aren't everybody else's time. Like when I have childcare and my nanny's here, that would be my ideal time to show a house, but everyone's at work. So I have to go on their time, you know? So I think some days, uh, and I always have a baby and so I'm not consistently sleeping and I'm just like, I want that hour in the morning to like catch up on the rest I missed during the night. Some days it's just like driving in my car and just, I'm such a dreamer. Like I'm in my head all the time. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what it is to me. It's like, it could be anywhere mm-hmm. because I'm like easy to just kind of float and dream. And I idealize like all these different things. And so I think part of that is just, you know, the time I'm like, I, cause I always tell God, like, I think like the desires of our heart are just our dreams that we like, I don't believe in like manifesting cause I know God's real and he does it, but like, he gave us that desire for a reason. But then I always say like, if this isn't you, if I'm kind of going too far with this, like just help me die to it, you know? Yeah. So how do you protect your energy then from like the chaos of the world of kids of noise so that you can actually enjoy your life? Um, I don't always, you know, I think that social media is like, it looks like, oh, you're so laid back. You're so you handle it. You do it all. How do you do it all? And I'm like, I'm a yell mom. Like I, I try not to yell, but there's a breaking point. I get, I get very stressed out. I'm not videoing that on social media, you know? Um, and I do have a lot of help, you know, so I've had to learn how to ask for help and not feel guilty about it and not, and almost like break my own rules. You know, I feel like some people, I get kind of annoyed. I have friends now I'm 31 and I have friends that are 30 and they're just like, I'm just so old. Like I just need to get married and have kids. And like the 17 year old, you thought 30 was old. And so now you're just like making these weird decisions and spiraling because a rule you made at 17. Wow. And you didn't know what you were talking about. And same with all my kids have a different mom. When I was 23 and I had my first now at, I think I had the last one at 2930 and I had, I was a working mom of six kids. Those two people are so different that I've like had to break my own rule. I could never fathom working with my first. And I had like a full blown career with, by the time the last one came. So I had to protect my own self-sabotage mm-hmm. of how could you do that? Your kids need a mom that does this, that, and the other. And I'm like, nobody said that, but me like a couple years ago, like how true is that? Wow. Okay. So this goes into, I want to talk about you and Josh with you evolving and like you being a different mom in all of these phases, different person. You've like being a different mom. You've also been a different wife. Yeah. So how has that marriage evolvement been? with Josh as Josh stayed the same the whole time. And he's like, loves watching you do what you do. Is he evolving? Like, what does that look like? Well, Josh and I met at 19 young and wild. Like we just wanted to go to country concerts and get drunk on the weekend. 
you know, and make out and like, it's just, and we had like big goals, but you know, we were slowly doing stuff, but I was just a different person. And then as soon as I became a mom, a lot changed, you know? Um, and same with him, like over time, just with maturity, we calmed down and we honed in on our goals and, you know, then I really wanted to stay home and he had a single working mom and he really wanted that for his kids. So he supported me and made sacrifices and worked 80 hour weeks sometimes so that I could stay home. And then when I, um, decided that, well, Oh wait, now I want a career and now you're going to have to help me build this career. Like he, made those sacrifices too. And so like, I have to give credit where it's due. And he's such an amazing partner because at the end of the day, like we're best friends and, and we've gone through a lot of marriage counseling, Mm -hmm. but like I, we can separate like moral and preference. Like our morals are the same. We want a good family and we want to be present and we want it to look a certain way, but the preference on how we do that is okay to change. Like to have a good family and stay home is your preference, but then to work hard for your family to provide experiences and resources and opportunities is still having the same moral. And I think people confuse it. Like if you work, you don't care about being present with your kids and making sure you're the gatekeeper of your home because you're not there all the time. And that's like a dangerous game to play, you know? So thankfully we have those conversations, but at the same time, it's, it can be really hard. And we've definitely fought about, I, you know, as a mom, you have, you're never off. Like he'll go to work and want to come home and relax. When I've worked all day, I have to come home and do laundry and keep up with the groceries. And I mean, you, you have a different job. So there's definitely been like resentment or not feeling like the other person is considering you. I mean, there's been drama too, you know, but I, what I always loved about Josh was like, even at 19, when we were running around, he never was the guy that was like, where are you? Who are you with? What are you doing? Like, I've always had the freedom to be me. And so he, you know, it's, it's okay for things to change and there's growing pains with that. But I mean, he's changed a lot too. And we've gone through some big stuff together. So, you know, it's, and I, I know it looks a certain way, like, well, my husband, you know, complains when this happens or that. I'm like, well, Josh does too, you know, because they're Uh, human. Yeah. And it's hard. I mean, it's, it's a full responsibility. Our kids aren't the age where you can just leave them. Someone always has to be watching. And I am such a dreamer and projector that I have these like ideas and visions and think I do things other realtors don't do that. It's why are you doing that? But I can see the payoff. So to have somebody like, you're going to put how much money into what and what you, I am just going all the time. Like moderation is not something I'm good at, which is how you get yourself a lot of kids and not a lot of time. You know, it's like, I'm always full force so I can hit a goal. And sometimes that's all people see, but I have a problem with like the tunnel vision. And then I look up when I've reached that goal and realize there are things that I just wasn't paying attention to. And so in some cases, like my marriage has been one of those. So, but thankfully, like we both have the same goal of like staying married and being a team. So yeah, it it ebbs and flows, you know, but I think that's, what's hard for women is like, my husband isn't totally on board all the time. I'm like, that's okay. Like that's normal because a lot's changing, you know? Yeah. I think just the fact that you were, I, um, before we started recording, we were talking about Danielle being a projector and she just looked this up and she is a projector. And you just said, you're like, I can, like, I project things. I can, I can like see the payoff in the end. I can visually see it. Like you can, like, it doesn't make sense. Like your decisions in your life don't make sense to other people, but you have this like internal power, this like connection with God and with yourself where you're like, people don't have to understand why I do something. It just feels good to me and I'm going to do it. Like it doesn't matter. Right. 
Have you always felt that way? Or you felt like you've evolved more into that person as an adult? I have always, I don't want to say I don't care what people think because that's not true. I feel like if you know me and you, I hurt you or you think a certain way, it does bother me. You know what I mean? Um, but I've, I've really kind of always been that way. And so it's just easier to be that dreamer and go see something no one else sees because I don't really care what people say, or I'm just like, Oh, well, you just don't get it. You know, I remember yeah. in middle school, like I was always kind of just like a prepubescent girl, like kind of chunky, you know, I like never knew or cared. And I loved this boy. And, you know, it's like your friends tell the boy and then the boy tells the friends and it comes back. And I remember he was like, Oh, I could never like Danielle, like she's too fat. And I was like, Okay. And so I went home and I told my mom, I was like, yeah, well, you know, he found out I liked him. I don't want to say his name because I would die if he like, <laughs> I still know him. <laughs> I'm like trying not to say it, but um, it's like that Taylor Swift song where she like calls out her ex. I don't remember what song it was. Yeah, and then everyone looks him up later. Me. Yeah. I'm like, but call me if you want to sell your house. Um <laughs> Remember that time you called me fat? Anyway, but I remember going home and telling my mom, like, oh my he gosh. said he didn't like me because I was fat. And she was just like, well, what do you think? And I was like, well, I don't, I don't think I'm fat. And if I was like, I don't think that's a reason to not like me. And then she's like, okay. Like, so she taught me how to be like, what? Like, don't give people a say that don't have a say. Oh, like, don't let it bother good. you. What he, what, what does he know? And if even it, like, what does that matter to you? And I feel like if she would have, I mean, I have three daughters and I would want to like off with their head if someone said that to them. But I feel like when someone overcompensates in that way, you feel like it's true. Mm -hmm. And she never was just, it it just taught me who cares, you know, and in the the most healthy way, I feel like we white glove our kids right now in cold, you know, like almost too much. She was always, cause I was always just like super social, always had a boyfriend, you know, kind of dramatic social butterfly, always knew the who's who. Mm -hmm. And in so many ways, like, she's just like, nobody cares. You know what I mean? Like, I'd be like, Oh my God, dad, don't drop me off in front of the school. I gotta, you know, and she's like, nobody cares. You're getting dropped off in front of the school. Nobody's paying attention to you. And I, it was like so healthy though. Cause I knew they cared about me and the right people cared, but I was just like, so what? I don't, my dad's got an old car. I don't have a car yet. You know, growing up in South Lake, everybody got like really nice cars on their 16th birthday. And I'm just like, who cares? You know? So now it helps me so much because especially in social media, you just are posting stuff all the time that you're like, who cares? Or being postpartum, having to, you know, get content when I'm just like, oh my God, I really, really hate that picture. Who yeah. cares? No one's looking like no one's looking at it like I am. And if they do, who cares? Yeah. I just read this quote that said something like, uh, no one's thinking about you as much as you're thinking about yourself. And I was like, oh my gosh. Everyone's that obsessed with themselves. Yeah. Like you they don't have any time to think about you. No. Yeah. yeah. It's like not, they're not sitting there thinking about you and what you're doing and how you should be doing different. It's like you're the only person who's thinking that. So don't don't give them that power. Yeah. Have you joined us in the aligned experience yet? It's my new monthly membership that I specifically designed for those of you who are ready really ready to feel your experience in alignment. We figure out what alignment feels like in your life and what it feels like to be out of alignment and use those tools so you can have the exact relationships, business, connection, home that you desire so badly. We use breathwork, coaching, and crazy inspirational calls where you will walk away feeling on fire. You'll know exactly what to do next and walk away with the energy of excitement and full inspiration. 
We're talking about everything in the aligned experience. It doesn't matter where you are in your alignment journey. If you feel called to deepen this practice of knowing what it feels to be in and out of alignment, this is the place for you. We talk business, relationships, wealth, health, and everything that you desire in your own power and we claim it in there. I just help you get it quicker and faster using alignment in breathwork, coaching, and inspiration calls. If you want more information on the aligned experience and the experience that so many women are having in there, head over to the show notes and click on the link. We would love to have you join us in the aligned experience. This is interesting that came up that your mom asked you that because I was thinking about like fueling the file, the fire. Cause we hear with our kids how when they're having like their tantrums and like things that they shouldn't be doing, when you give the attention to negative behavior, it's we want to do positive enforcement or whatever, right? But your mom didn't fuel the fire of that situation. And so it just like it just slid. So it didn't become this like because she didn't give all the attention, you weren't like, I need to focus on this. Didn't try to lose weight. Didn't try to avoid yeah. school. Didn't try to, it was just like, you're dumb. Yeah. <laughs> that's and not a reason I like somebody anyway. Like, right. Who, who cares? You know, wow. which it, that was just such a, um, form of, you know, such a big deal. And I remember like when my friend told me like how my other friends reacted and I thought, Oh, this is embarrassing in a way. And then, cause you know, if you have too much around you, then that's, what's you just are who you're surrounded by, you 100%. know, 100%. 100%. So I, and, and that's why, you know, I've always been a girl's girl, but especially now as like a working woman, mom, wife, like I have to have my girlfriends and I have, they have to have like not perfect marriages, but something about their marriage that I admire and not Mm. perfect moms, but something about being a mom, because I have to, I have to pull from it. You know, I have to have someone who doesn't talk about their kids. It's like such an inconvenience. Totally. Cause it it sucks your energy. Yeah. And then you almost mean, you kind of want to believe it anyway. And then someone else says it and you're like, yeah, they really are, you know, it sucks yeah. that we have to worry about childcare as a working mom, which not to like diminish, like it's such a big deal. And I don't enjoy my kids all the time. You know, there's sometimes yeah. like in his bed because mm-hmm. I'm just done, but you know, I, I'm very, um, not guarded really at all, but like intentional about what I let in. Yeah. You have to be. I mean, because the opposite is like, I'm seeing this in my life over the last few years is like, you are the average of the five people you hang around. And if you're, they're constantly gossiping or complaining or whatever it is, you're, you're going to be at that average. And so like, I'm seeing this, like, even though the women that we go to luncheons and stuff with, if we're all just, when you get into this new energy of like, I want to be successful. I want my life to thrive. I want to love who I am. Then you start seeing people in that light of like, I want you to succeed too. Like, tell me what's going on in your life. How can I help you? And that's where like the venting can come in, but it's not in a, I'm going to stay where I'm at. Let me vent and complain. It's this is what's going on. And I'm really trying to, I'm asking for help and for guidance from you, but it's like this, these movement of women, just like, let's support one another because we know it's not just because you're succeeding doesn't take away from my success. Like let's just grow, grow, grow. Right. It's so awesome. Yeah. And I think everybody you know, you have to have your girlfriends and it's hard to make those relationships in a way, but I mean, they're what carry me most of the time, you know? So have you made like 
because I know that you have a lot of close high school friends and school friends. Have you made close relationship female friends as an adult? Like, I know that a lot of people will ask that, like, how do you make friends? <laughs> I, like, we go back to elementary school. Like, my name is Erin and I love pink. <laughs> well, it's like, I'm friends with a lot of my high school girls now, but there was a huge period where I wasn't. I had to... I was always friends with everybody. I still am. And I, it was almost like a, I mean, I was like, well, how could that be negative? Like, that's such a good thing. I see the best in everybody. I have like a very diverse set of friends and they add something to my life. But I mean, you can't really pour into that many friendships and be a good friend. Like if I had like kind of a not dramatic falling out with a friend, I just kind of like move on and hang out with this person. I never would go to that person and say like, did something happen? Did I accidentally say something that offended you? Like what is going on here? And I realized over time, like, yeah, middle school friends change, high school friends change college, but everybody had these group of friends and I didn't. And it was like the common denominator is me, not them. Mm. So what am I doing that I don't have? a best friend or, or a close group of girlfriends that people always kind of know a little bit of what's going on, but not too much, you know? Um, so I, and I finally figured that out. I mean, I got married at 21, so I was a wife and mom. And so I didn't have a lot of extra money to like, let's go to dinner. Let's do that. We were broke for so long. And I just didn't, I had priorities that I had to, through my own convictions, like put higher than friendships. So I, I, I have most of my friends now are my adult friends and I still follow up with, I mean, I live in my hometown pretty much like one town over. And so like, as we kind of all come back to raise kids, now we're together again and they never, it's never like, Oh, we weren't friends. It's just like, I disappeared and floated around to another group. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so now it's like, I, I have to, to make friends, I guess. I just am like, okay. I, I think people get intimidated and like the mean girl that we all knew or used to be or sit around in groups and know like, okay, when this person wasn't around, this is stuff we would say, or so I'm nervous that that's how all girls are. Or like, they're going to, I'm going to just talk to them and they're going to go to their friends and be like, isn't she so weird? Like she just randomly talked to me, like she knew me. And mm-hmm. one, they're probably not saying it too. If they are, they're too insecure to be your friend anyway. So like, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> but I feel like I just talk to people and it's so easy to talk to somebody else. If you're just asking them questions about them or like mm-hmm. focusing on them, like people know how to answer a question about themselves. So people will meet me like, Oh my gosh, she's so nice. And like, I'm not really that nice. I just am asking you a ton of questions about you, you know, because yeah. so you're like, I want to know you because I'm like, yeah, talking and social media makes it easy. Like some, so many of my friends, we just like follow each other and talk there and then meet in person. And I like now, you know, I feel like it's such a weird thing when you grow up. It's like, that's my friend. Or like you're hanging out with so-and-so and I'm not there. I've never really been like that. And then especially as an adult, like I love when my friends are friends, you know, and, and meeting the mutual friends. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, all relationships are hard. Like, you know, I have friends that are single dating is super hard and like marriage is super hard. Um, being a mom is really hard. So, but it's all those things are worth it too. And it's worth it to have close girlfriends. Yeah. Um, how do you stay motivated? Cause I know you love what you do. I feel like you love like all the roles you're playing. How do you get into that motivation energy to keep going? I think I'm just doing, you know, I'm living out like I always wanted a big family and now I have it. And I always wanted to be a working woman. And now I am doing that. So also like, there's a difference between like motivation and discipline where, Mm. you know, everyone's like, I don't know how you do it. And I'm like, I have no choice. Like who else is going to get up and feed these kids? Not every day. Am I like, good morning, but like, welcome to do it. Same with real estate. Like I'm commission based. If I don't work, I don't get paid. So 
I have eight people to pay for if we go on vacation anywhere. Uh, you know, for the things I want in life, like I have to work. Um, so the motivation is just like the long term goal. I'm much better with long term goals for whatever reason. Probably the dreamer in me, like the bigger the goal, it's like almost more exciting. And how am yeah. I going to get there? And I don't have to have these small goals. Like it almost stresses me out to have a to do list during the day, especially when there's so many people in my life with the kids that just kind of screw that up. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I can plan out my day and it never goes accordingly. And I realize right. like, that just stresses me out because if I have a schedule uh, and I miss it, now I'm just set behind. And that's kind of a negative where I just have more of a routine. And I found that with the kids. Like if I just do things in the same order, if we get off schedule and it's 7.30 instead of 6.30, they still know what comes next and we're still getting to the goal. Even if we're not on schedule, we just have the routines in place, you know? So I think motivation is just something you don't always have. Uh, and you have to have like a big, you know, long-term goal to stay motivated, but it's the discipline and like doing it anyway. And knowing that the drive will come back if you just keep mm-hmm. at it. I think that common denominator is holding the vision, right? Like but I also will discipline. say, I think the culture we're in right now where it's like hustle, grind, no excuses. I think that's so toxic. Like, I think I can reach my goals and hustle because I take time to rest. Like when I'm feeling burnt out, there's no, there's nothing on this earth. Like that can get me to move on purpose. Cause I'm like, I am preserving myself. Like I can't, and I hired my mom to help me because I'm like, I, w- I would be burned out all the time. I'll take a cut in commission because I can make more money, but I can't get my time back and I can't run full speed seven days a week. I, I can't do it. You know, I can't yeah. do it all. And I think that's the perception. I think that's toxic too. I'm like, you have to understand, like I pay somebody to clean my house now and it still usually looks wrecked, but you're not seeing that online. I, I have a lot of people helping watch my kids while I work. I live in the same zip code as my parents. They take my older kids to school every morning. Like I'm not handling it all by myself with a smile on my face 24 seven. Nobody is right. You know? Yeah. It sounds like you've like been able to like, I'm really excited for people to hear this because you make it sound it's been, it feels very natural when you're talking about it, but I feel like it's because you've granted yourself a lot of permission slips. Yes. And I, I love my that. own friend. I love that. Like, even like, when you're I, tired, like I break the, my own rules and I'm like, yes, that's what we have to teach. Like, it doesn't have to stay the same rule if it doesn't serve you. No, even just, you know, when I was, before I even had a business, like I was learning these things that carry me in my business. And I was, you know, I'm going to breastfeed my kids. And then when I was like, I am just not this, this is robbing me. And I know kids only have one childhood, but I only have one motherhood. And Mm. this just robs me of the newborn days. Like, yeah, I would prefer that, but I'm giving myself permission to just, and I had, you know, two other, I had other kids. And then when I got custody of Jesse, he's not technically mine. And I'm not just going to always cover myself up in my own house, but out of respect. So I'm just like, you know what? I'm not going to toil over formula and this. And did I try hard enough? Like the last two babies, I didn't even give them colostrum. I was just like, I'm not doing it. I just know my limits. I'm not going to get myself. Yeah. I didn't even try, but I, I'm okay with that. And I feel like that is what holds people back more than anything is just the like ultimatums they give themselves or the guilt, the stuff they make up that it's like, what would I tell my friend? If I had, I don't Mm. have sisters, but I'm just like, if I had a sister that was just going through what I was going through with a newborn, I would be like, girl, just get formula and get some sleep. And you've got to take care of these other kids. You have a husband who's on night shift. Like you can only do so much. Like, and so I've learned, like, I have to say that to myself if nobody else does. And someone else could tell me. And until I give myself that permission, I'm not going to listen to it. So 
you know, that is kind of taught me things too about, and just knowing what's yours to take. Like I got into a business where I would go to trainings all the time. And there was like young, single, successful men and they were top producers and they had great advice and it, none of it was for me to take because I was a married mom of five. And I didn't say, well, I can't be successful if I don't do that. I just knew what was mine to take and what wasn't just like be part of the 5am club, your competition's asleep and you got to wake up and beat them. I'm like, I have tiny children. Like there's a difference between grace and excuses. When all my kids sleep through the night and I'm not waking up to start my day with, you know, working out and quiet time. Okay. That's an excuse I'm, I'm giving myself. But like when I'm up six times a night, I've got to give myself grace. Like hit, don't set it for 5am, you know? So it was stuff like that, where I had to, and even when people ask me for advice, even if they have a lot of things similar to me, I'm like, not all of this is going to be for you to take Mm -hmm. because we have different lives. We're different people. You just have to know what is good advice for you. And it doesn't mean that you can't be as successful if you, there's so many different ways to do it. Yeah. Um, I totally love that. And I totally agree. And I think that was like a learned thing for me and I'm still learning of just like, okay, you can grant the permission slip to do or not do something, but then you can also grant the other permission slip to not feel guilty or shame. Yeah. Um, so I kind of want to a couple more things before we hop off, but I want to talk about what are some of your biggest successes that you are so proud of. It may, what made me think of this is your mom, because when you brought her up and you were like, she just didn't care. Like she told us not to care. And then you posted on social media that you were what, what, what did it say? One of the top earners. Yeah in my company within like three years. Cause some of those single guys, and I, I don't want to come across the wrong way. It's just like, I think people, you know what the kids say, I have a teenager in my house. So my phrases are inappropriate where I'm like, they, people <laughs> sleep on me. Right. Or they're just like, yeah. But, yeah. But I, you know, just like, it. all right, she's got six kids, good luck or whatever. And then like my third year, like there was a, a top producer at our company and he's gone now and he's so successful and I may never close the numbers he's closing now because it takes, there's only, there's only a certain sacrifice I'm willing to make outside of my house. Right. Where it's like, I can't get my time back. I have little kids, whatever. But like in his first year, we kind of did the same in the second year. And then the third year, that was kind of my goal. And I exceeded that by almost like 10 million. Oh my God. So I was like, yeah. And I did that with six kids, you know, just like being proud of myself. Like, hell yeah. Here's all these guys. Like, what's your excuse? Mm -hmm. You, you know, you were, you're like, here's proof of what's possible. Right. And I was just like, anyway, so I, you know, I think it's like, cool. And my mom is now And sometimes when you talk to people outside of it, like who knows what 21 million in production really means. It's like, only realtors know, you know, um, but she's in the industry now. So she like kind of gets it. And so I send it to them and she's just like, how'd you figure out Canva? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, like no clap emoji or anything. Right. Like, and I know she is proud, but oh, I yeah. love let my parents just, I had a <laughs> like luxury listing and my, my dad is like, loves any sport. Like he will watch there's like when there's stuff on a Saturday on ESPN and you're like, who is watching this? Like, it's my dad, you know? So, um, I, I had a luxury listing and like Patrick Mahomes looked at it. And so I walked through this house with Mahomes and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm the agent that has a house where like these football, play, you know, all this stuff. So I tell my dad and he's like, yeah, that's, that's cool. Did you ever get that windshield fixed though on your car? Like, okay, whatever. Like, what about your windshield? That like such a dad, just like, yeah, you need to like, did you hear what I said? Yeah. I'm like, whatever. You know, I had to call my brother or somebody to be like, somebody please think this is cool. Like, I don't even care about you start calling people, but like, surely I'm like my, my dad and brother are going to think I'm so cool now. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah. And then your mom is just like, how did you figure out Canva? Yeah, how did you do that that? graphic? You can't figure anything out. She'll do stuff like she's like, she does all my back end like tech stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, an offer will come in and she's like, you need to split the PDFs. It won't send like that. I'm like, how do you do that? And she's like, so when she saw that there was an email that came out saying, here's the graph, here's the Canva template, like just change the numbers in it. And I did it and sent it. She's just like, what? Oh my gosh. And I'm like, and, that, and then no one responded after that in the text. It wasn't like later, like you're killing it. You know, <laughs> like, my dad said nothing. And my mom, that was it. Was Your dad's like, still wondering if he got the window wiper fixed. My dad probably can't find his phone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love that. I cracked up when I saw that. I was like, that is awesome. Yeah, it is. So and awesome. I like need it because sometimes I joke with Josh, which I'm sure my therapist is like, oh God. Cause I just be like, oh, my back is killing me from carrying this family. You know, like just <laughs> always just like, God, I do it all. Like, you know. Just all the, you know, when I get paid and like, oh, look at the, did you look at the account today? Or what's it like to marry rich? Like I'll say stuff like only for him and I, but like sometimes to just like, I think I'm funny. And then like my parents will be there. And my mom's like, Danielle Marie, you don't say that to your husband, do you? I'm like, mom, <laughs> like it's too much. So they like hold me down. I'm like, well, my God, I can't get anywhere with you guys. <laughs> They don't care. And you know, Josh is sticking around forever and he lives with you. So you might as well just throw it at him all the time. Oh yeah. I just, oh my I love gosh. It. Oh my gosh. That makes me so happy. I'm totally going to steal that line and just say it to Brad. Yeah. He, Cause he's always, yeah. you know, he played high school football in like one year of mm-hmm. college and now it's like, oh my leg, oh this. Totally. Oh my God, my back <laughs> from carrying this fan, you know, like Michael Scott. It's so, it's not funny. It was funny maybe the first time, but not anymore. Not anymore. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's so good. But I like can't catch myself. Like we were out with friends and I was just like, oh yeah, well you married rich. And I'm like, oh, I probably look really good right now. (laughs) But the people who know you love it. Yeah. They're like, okay. Yeah. Oh, I probably, I, I don't think I can ever be rich with six kids, you know? Well, you know what? Never say never. You got one of the the top the top earners and you have six kids. So why not? What what if that's the next level? That would be great. Yeah. Um yeah. it really would. I'm like, oh my gosh, like the possibilities are endless. They really are. Um, what is something else that you're really, really proud of that your mom and dad didn't give you credit for? <laughs> I mean I can get like sappy, like I'm, I'm proud of my family, but like career wise. Yeah. For I you, had, like, what is just something you look at and you're like, I'm just killing it. Like I did it. Well, really like my business, because it is really hard. Like this week, my, my nanny's out because she's sick and I have two clients in from out of town and just the logistics of it all. And like, I had a really big closing in December that fell through kind of at the last minute and I don't get paid till it closes, but I put in the work Mm -hmm. for someone to just change their mind. Like it's so frustrating and it's money at a certain price point. That's like kind of life change. Like we were going to buy an investment property with it. I'm so excited and all this stuff. And then it like falls apart and you're just like, now I always give myself like a day to Mm -hmm. be like, pissed about it. Yeah. And have that pity party. And then I'm like, all right, I can't stay here. Yeah. I got to pick myself up and keep going. And so it's all those things where, or a fight with Josh over schedules and time to myself and all this kind of stuff that, um, is, is so hard. And that's why people burn out, but I'm Mm -hmm. like, I didn't like, I kept going and the numbers are cool, but the fact that I am kind of doing it all, which usually feels impossible and I'm succeeding and I'm going over people and it's not in a, um, I hope I, I don't mean it conceited, but when I, when I have higher numbers than people who 
don't have as many kids or whatever. It just feels good to be like, I've worked so hard and I'm not coming up short. Like all my efforts, all the little things, all the hard days, it's like a a big payoff as well. You know, because you can, you said that you said, I can see the payoff. That's what drives you. You've held that vision the whole time. Yeah. And I had this impossible listing this year that I almost, the way I got the listing was kind of out of nowhere. And then I had to sell it with all these rules from the state of Texas and it was so impossible, but I never, and it almost fell apart so many times. And then I finally closed it. And that was like my career goal. Like I was like, I'm going to be a luxury agent in my hometown with all these huge houses and I'm going to sell them off market. Like, cause off market, you can't talk about it. People have to ask you. So I had to figure out a way to finesse, like who would ever call me thinking I have something, but I sold one of the most expensive houses in South Lake off market. And so I don't know, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not just in that market forever now, but that was my career goal that I hit three years in that now I'm like, Oh, okay. So I wasn't dreaming big enough or like now what? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like what, what am I not even reaching for that is actually attainable? What a cool question. Yeah. It's like cool and overwhelming or you're just like, I don't know. That was kind of it for me, you know? Yeah. Um, and so you know, that's something I'm proud of, but at the same time, not like now I'm the luxury agent of South Lake, but I've Mm -hmm. proven to myself, like I can do that. And I have worth. And I always knew that, but now I have something like tangible to show, like you should list your house with me. Like, look what I did, you know? Um, it's like the validation when you are such a big dreamer and everyone's kind of like, okay, right. Do it. And you're like, okay, I'm not crazy. Right. Like you, cause you're good at like giving yourself validation along the way, but then to have that external is it, it's a cherry on top, right? It's not like you're seeking that you didn't seek it to feel validated. You validated yourself the whole way and then you got it. And you're like, and I don't know if it's a coping mechanism, but like, if I don't reach a goal, I don't really care. Yeah. Like in a healthy way. But then when I do reach a goal, I'm like, Oh, this feels good. Like Mm. this is I almost wasn't expecting it. I would have been okay if I didn't get here. And I feel like that is something too, that people feel like you, if you look at it that way, you're not going to reach it, you know, but I'm like, it's just a healthy way of like, you know, weighing everything in life. Like, okay, if I don't hit this number, did I have more time with my kids? And that was the sacrifice because I'm winning in a different area of my life at that point, or rejection is protection. If something didn't work out, what was it protecting me from, you know, just knowing that it all kind of works out, but you can still be a driven person if you're just like, not by any means possible. And I'm obsessive and it's 24 seven, you know? Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I want to honor your time, but I want you to just, if you could go back to a version of yourself that needed advice from you now. Can you think of her and what would you tell her? I don't know. <clears throat> Cause I'm thinking of like the, the women that work with me are the ones who are in it like us, but they're feeling like they're, they're a lot of them are just getting started. Yeah. So I know that they'll hear you and they're like, if she can do it, I can do it. So it's very inspiring. But what would you tell that person, that version? I guess it would be like when I first started and I didn't know exactly how it would look and I would maybe get caught up on that. Now I can see like hindsight's 2020 where I'm like, oh, it all works out. Like, I think I just got worked up over stuff that was just a waste of my energy And that's what you have to preserve is the like perseverance. And that is like a maturity I have, like obviously success brings that and you're like, okay, this is just part of it now. But I wish I would have been more present instead of either like dreaming up the impossible or stressing out over how I'm going to get there. Love that. 
I love it. I think that ties everything together because it just, you can stress about how you didn't hit goals, how it's not working for you or Or how it looks different from someone else. I'm sure some people look at me like she did that in her third year. It's like, you don't know what I'll do next year. I don't know what I'll do next. Like, yeah, you're on your own journey, you know, and success comes in all different forms. Awesome. Okay. Well, Danielle, thank you so much. That was so fun. I know that, I mean, I was fully inspired by you just like, even just you hitting goals in such short amount of time and just how you view your life is so inspiring. So I know other people will feel it too. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let us know you love this episode by writing us a review, share it on Instagram, and make sure you tag me, Coaching with Erin, so that I can message you back and connect with you. If you want to receive my new episodes weekly, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And like always, thank you, Queens, for being here, being you, and owning what you want. Life is so fun with you. I'll talk to you next week.